0: Welcome back into Tapped Out here on the BETQL Network. It is fight night. The big boy's going at it in the main event. you got Francis Ngannou taking on surreal Ngannou. And to break it down with us, from Odd Shark covers the UFC, he is Joe Osborne. We were talking about this, Joe, right before you came on. It feels like the closer we get to this fight, the money's going to end up on Francis Ngannou because everybody wants to watch Francis Ngannou win, right?
1: Yeah, well, he's, you know, the the much bigger name, you know, he's become a bit of a household name. He's got that incredible highlight reel. So every single poll that I've seen out there, I put one out around a month ago saying, hey, who are you picking in the main event here? And a lot of people are on Francis, but the line has not been moving that way. You know, this was what, maybe a month ago, right around a pick. Now you're seeing gone right around minus 150 and Francis uh, plus 130. I think you can make a good case for him, especially at that number. But, uh, yeah, it seems like a, it might be a, a, a public dog situation here
2: with Francis on Saturday night. Okay, so what do you think it is that has everybody so eager to bet gone? Because he's fairly new to the scene. It's a great 10-0 that he's had, a great performance against Derek mm-hmm. Lewis. But Francis has been in there with everybody. Sure. He's been in there with Stipe twice and obliterated him the last time. Like, it's just – so much more experience, so much more big fight experience. Why so much trust in Gone?
1: Well, I think people like that zero on uh, gone's record. First of all, he's undefeated, and he's dominated people in a a different way. Um, And we have seen Francis look bad at times, you know. Uh, Of course, the first fight with Stipe, and uh, the fight with Derek, I think him and Derek Lewis only fought once, but
2: that yeah. yeah. Oh, that fight was awful. We all... We all just <laughs> want to forget it. It was like men of <laughs> life, just nebulines <laughs> are out of our mind.
1: Yeah, 100%. So, yeah, uh, Ghan has just, he's dominated in a different way, right? And he's much more technical. I do think his striking could dictate the pace of the fight much more so than that of, of Francis. And just everything you've seen from Gon so far has been absolutely fantastic, where you can't necessarily say that about Inkanu coming into this fight.
0: Only because you guys brought up that fight between Ngannou and Derek Lewis. We all thought it was going to end in a knockout. It was one of the um, most uneventful fights that I can remember in a long, long time. How sure are we, Joe, that this one's going to end up in a knockout?
1: I'm not entirely sure at all. And that's why I think there's value. And if you take a look at the round over under, uh, sitting there at two and a half, got to have some big balls on you if you're going to take the over two and a half in a Francis Ngannou fight, <laughs> but... I don't mind it guys at at even money. Like if you look at gone so far, he's gone over this in five of his last six fights. And like I said, I think his style of fighting could dictate the fight much more so than that of Francis. And we have seen instances of Francis slowing down after the first round, not so much in his most recent fight, But I could see this going over two and a half. Uh, Neither guy has taken a lot of damage in there. Uh, Francis, uh, due in part two, he's usually out of there in the first round, right? But even in those first rounds, if you go look at the stats, you know, he's not getting hit a whole lot. And the same thing could say, you can say the same thing for Gon, who's in there a lot longer. He doesn't put himself in a position to take a whole lot of damage. So I think if this one gets out of the first round, we could be in for a bit of a longer fight.
2: Is this one of those uh, where you think it might be smart to maybe wait? Because you do think that, you know, we're hearing all this buzz that Francis, you know, the fanfare that's going to come there, the weigh-in, maybe we'll see, we'll see him next to Cyril Ghan. Like, if you do like Ghan, is it smart to, to wait to see if it does swing maybe the odds more in his favor?
1: I think so. Uh, You might have missed the boat, though, on any type of value on him. So when this fight first became official, I thought in my head, I thought, okay, well, this is probably going to be a good opportunity to bet gone as the underdog. And then uh, not so much a case, you know, right around a pick for a while. And now we've seen that completely jump the fence. He's up to minus 150 at some spots. So he's my pick to win the fight. But I do find it kind of I think he's being overvalued just a tad here. But once we get into uh, the weigh-in, the stare-down, uh, ESPN will be going all in on that highlight reel of Francis to sell those pay-per-views. And like we've seen, it seems to be like a, a large majority of the public is on Francis in this fight. So, yeah, you're probably going to want to wait uh, to as late as possible if you want to bet on Ghan. Uh But, you know, like I said, in Gonu you Can make an excellent case for him at plus 130. He's coming off the most complete performance of his career against Steep Bay, where he overcame that devastating loss that he had against him, showed a lot of patience in there. Um, and he's coming off a stretch. He's on a stretch of five straight finishes. You know, he has that, that touch of God, right? If he touches you, uh, he could end a fight just like that. So, yeah, you're probably gonna want to wait if you're uh, betting on gone.
2: Yeah, I'm curious about that, Joe, because Do you see sometimes in the UFC, do people get too attached to the hot prospect? You say people love the O, but like a guy like Giga last week,
0: Mm -hmm. you know, it was
2: all the buzz because people, oh, he's, he's got the Giga kick. He's the next guy in line for the title. And the guy with the veteran experience, you know, it's like you're, you're, you're undervaluing what a guy brings to the table when he had, when he's been through those wars, when he has that experience have we have you found that to be the case just in your time covering the sport that maybe people do overvalue just hype and buzz and undefeated and young and new
1: yes 100 i think a lot of that has to do with recency bias and i'd argue that there's more recency bias in uh, the ufc ufc or mma as a whole compared to other sports based on the fact that the sample sizes in this sport are so much smaller than that of uh, the main professional leagues. Like, say, for example, the NBA, the Milwaukee Bucks come out, have a bad game one night and look absolutely awful. Well, they're going to have two or three more games that same week to prove that, hey, this isn't who we are, and that's not a good representation of who we are. However, in MMA, UFC, if you come out and you get your, your ass kicked, you might not fight again for six, eight months. Right, look at Calvin Cater. A lot, there's an excellent case of recency bias. Everyone was looking at that going up against a hot prospect. Cater's coming off the beating of a lifetime versus Max Holloway. And as a result, he was offering fantastic value as an underdog. So, yeah, maybe it's it's such an unusual fight because you can't really say uh, hype behind gone because Francis has had that same hype his entire career, right? So, kind of interesting from a, from a betting perspective for sure.
0: Bucks will be fine as long as they got Cash Middleton. I love that guy. I love that, that <laughs> Milwaukee Bucks overs. We got, Joe, uh, we got Joe Osborne here joining us here on Tapped Out on the Bet QL Network. He covers the UFC for Odd Shark. How much do you think the outside crap that Nganu has been, I guess I don't want to say dealing with, because a lot of it he's made himself with all the boxing mm-hmm. stuff and the payment stuff. How much do you think that's swayed the line?
1: I don't know if it's swayed the line at all. And I don't know, if, sometimes I do think those type of distractions can have an impact, but we ultimately don't know. If someone's like a, a weak, weaker mentally than others, sure, that could impact them. You know, his contract status and all that type of stuff. That could be a little bit of a, a red flag for sure. But in terms of moving the betting line, I don't think it's had much of an impact.
2: Going into the, uh, the co-main event, you have two guys here. Mm-hmm. Both oh, excellent flyweights. It's kind of cool that we have the flyweights and the heavyweights in the same yeah. card. Um, but this is another one where it's fascinating. Like we saw one fight play out super close. Next fight around, we were a little bit surprised. We got the, the, the emotional ending of Moreno. So evaluating a fight is how do you go about it, Joe? Like what, what, what stands out to you in this when you do have a little bit more than just uh, even in the main event where we don't get a lot of ring action with Francis? Sure. Gon's career so short, these guys we have a lot of them pitted up against each other.
1: Yeah, I think this is kind of I'm looking at the Kobe event like this. If these guys fought 10 times, I think they would each win five fights, right? So as a result of that, I like the value on Figueroa here. Uh, you know, right around plus 150, fantastic value as an underdog.